Hey everyone, what's up? It's me, Joey Suki, and thanks for listening to this podcast episode. I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe on this podcast on iTunes or just share it with your friends who you think it could be valuable to. So, thanks again for listening and see you next time. What's up, Mr. Ortsy? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing really good. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah, for doing and, uh, this. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. I'm really excited. Yeah, man, where are you located now? Amsterdam? Yeah, I'm living in Amsterdam, uh, yeah, center. And actually, I'm looking for a new apartment. If someone <laughs> there is have no apartment, just let me know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I'm living here in the Netherlands for three years. Um, first, I was living in The Hague mm-hmm. for like a year and a half. But my goal was always to live here in Amsterdam, but it was so difficult. You know how yeah, it is here. Amsterdam is crazy. so crazy. Luckily, yeah, I don't have start. that problem, but I hear so many people complaining about how uh, tough yeah, man, the too. market is. <laughs> I'm one of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nah, really highly kinda, priced. Yeah, it's really high, and especially for expats, because, um, well, for example, now I'm working for Reveal, which is completely different, but for regular expats who come from uh, different countries, and uh, they don't have like uh, they hadn't studied something or they don't have a degree or you know they're not specialized in something mm-hmm. it's quite a difficult if you don't speak the language you're gonna find a lot of doors closed but I mean I cannot complain because uh, yeah for example my wife she has find uh, different jobs but it's not that easy you know but, mm. but yeah especially if you don't speak Dutch it's quite of difficult yeah and originally <laughs> you're from Colombia right yeah, that's right. I'm from Colombia, uh, from a city called Cali. Yeah. Uh, we all know that city from the the Netflix series. <laughs> I know it's not the best. No, I think it's not the I, best option to learn about my city. But no, I get no, no, no. it. But no, I think I think a lot of people might refer to uh, what's the, the the series again? Um, uh, Narcos. Uh, yeah, Narcos. Yeah, Narcos. Yeah. yeah, the Palos Escobar stories and stuff like that. Yeah. Because in my city, it used to be a big cartel called the Cartel de Cali, which is mm. from my city. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind about it. You know, it's yeah. part of the story of the country. So what can I do? I cannot go back and change the, the yeah, past. Exactly. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Seems like a beautiful country, though. I've never yeah, been Yeah, it is. It is. It's actually really special. You know, it's a... Uh, very unique country i think in about everything about the people about the the country itself you have you have cities jungles you have uh, beaches you have wow i don't know if for example if you live in the netherlands uh for me it's just like one big city you know (laughs) colombia basically everything looks so similar but in colombia if you travel like three four hours then you're gonna feel like in another country you know it's it's really big yeah, yeah. So, and also, I live in uh, in uh, Buenos Aires for uh, really, yeah, almost six years. Yeah. Oh wow. So you're a world traveler. Yeah, man. <laughs> and what, was it, was the reason for this uh, like work or? Well, um, you know, I started as a DJ. I've been a DJ for 15 years. I'm 35 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I've been DJing for 15 years. I created a duo called Hio. And that's where everything is started, like in the next level, um, because that's where we play at Tomorrowland uh, really? several times, and yeah, big festivals, and we were traveling a lot worldwide. Cool. Uh, so that's everything happened when I was in Argentina. So I used to have a duo with uh, with our Argentinian DJ, uh, but then I decided. Well, yeah, uh, there was like it's a big story, but um, we have time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do. <laughs> now I. Th- the 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 country itself be, became a big problem because uh, the politics it was they were really corrupted so mm. uh, we had a lot of problems like uh, with the money and not on, and not only me I mean all my friends and people that I knew from Argentina it was a big crisis there and actually uh, and Argentina is still the same unfortunately it's still I get getting worse every year mm. um, so that was the main reason. Because it became like really insecure mm-hmm. for me and for my wife, you know, I got Robert many times and uh, yeah. Oh really? Shit. Yeah, how many shitty stories like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said like, oh, you know what? I think it's time for me to to go on a yeah in a different level. I'm gonna try luck maybe in Los Angeles or uh, 
LA mm-hmm. or Amsterdam. Those were my two options. Mm-hmm. But I decided Amsterdam because I'm also half uh, Spanish. So I have my European passport. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just like, hi, I'm coming here to live here. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. So at that time, you were already um, like touring the world as an artist because I didn't know that from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What kind of music? Uh, Well, man, I started, well, again, I've been DJing for 15 years and making music 50 years. So I. But with what music did you you travel the world? Well, it was basically a big room and EDM, yeah. Mm, that was okay. uh, what really made us like get big. Uh, I used to release records with Reveal, with a Spinning, uh, Musical Freedom. Uh, I had big support from all those guys, the, the you know the DJs. Mm. Uh, and in in Argentina, for example, because we were living there for six years, uh, I think we were the only one, the DJ duo or even act. You know, itself, because not even uh, solo DJs achieved so many things. I mean, we were, uh, after Nan Catania, which is the superstar Argentina DJ from Progressive House, mm-hmm. uh, we were actually the only one who 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 went to different countries playing and, and big festivals and, you know, having support from all those Dutch DJs and American yeah. DJs. You know, nobody get that. Uh, so we were basically the first one. So the people, the fans were like really involved into the project. So mm. it was amazing. They they were beautiful. Yeah, six years. And how did of, you uh, how did you manage to build that? Because that's not happening in overnight. You know, it's it's a. I can imagine that took you quite some uh, years. Um, but what what? Yeah, well, you? the the duo itself because. Uh, uh, I started as a solo artist, so yeah, I was building my artsy career for many years. So I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started, like, okay, when I got the the, the idea to create the, the duo with the Argentinian guy, it was not like starting from scratch, like completely, you know, because yeah. I had some experience, and and also him, he he was a DJ. He's actually older than me, mm-hmm. so we were both DJs. We were both producers uh we had a lot of experience in, in those dj things so but of course to start the, the, the new project it was a new project so <laughs> there was nothing uh behind the brand uh, there was no music out there there was no support from anyone nobody knew us as a as a dj duo you know so it yeah. was a it was a long work it was starting a, from scratch yeah. it was a long term yeah and what but, is it uh, that you did like how did you uh because of course different times right this is 10 years ago how much? Uh, yeah, almost. Yeah, nine. Yeah. So different times, almost no social media, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, or um, no Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, how did you manage to get people from all over the world listening to your music? Well, um, I think. Well, first of all. I'm not sure if I'm the first uh, Latin DJ that you <laughs> that you interview, but things in Latin America are really really different than in the rest of the world. I would say we don't have the industry that you guys have here, for example, in the Netherlands. I mean, when you're a DJ, when you're a producer from South America, you basically have nothing. I mean, yeah, you have just w- some clubs, really nice clubs, some festivals. But that's it. I mean, you don't have a, like a big label like a spinning or a Mata or Reveal. You don't have big DJs supporting you as maybe if you're Dutch, you have Martin Garrix or Tiesto or those guys. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have publishers. R- we don't have right singers. Back yeah. then or now as well? Yeah, now as well. But Still. now you have the internet, right? So now all those things. Yeah, are- but. Yeah, but uh, I'm saying like, for example, management companies, booking companies, you, mm-hmm. you don't have that. In South America, yeah, you can find some in the last ten years, maybe, but none of them will have big DJs. I mean, mm. maybe Brazil, maybe they have yeah. really good DJs nowadays. But for example, I mean, if you're a Colombian DJ, you have to do everything. I was actually talking about uh, this with a friend today, that you have to do everything by your own, mm-hmm. by yourself. So you have no tools. Basically, the, all the tools that you're gonna uh, work with, you have to create them. You know, mm. so it was really difficult. So how did you, you do know? that? What did you do so to, I think to build your brand? Yeah, based on my experience as Ortsy, the first thing I, I did was uh, I talked to my partner. I said, like, you know what? We're going to build a brand 
but it has to look good from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we have to take really good pictures, profile pictures, you know, like press pictures and stuff like that, and look really international. We need, we're not going to be a Colombian DJ with, with an Argentinian DJ. No, we're going to be international DJs. That's, that's our goal. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have to start thinking big. We, we cannot start like, yeah, we're going to play in some small parties. And of course, everything happened like that. But yeah. we want to show that we're not another two DJs. So, so we're, outside, you, you made the outside look better than the inside. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah, okay. completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> it was funny because at the beginning, you know, I was uh, showing my project uh, to promoters and stuff like that. And people say like, hey, but... I mean, who are you? I mean, you look like, you know, like really super professional. I mean, how long did you start with the duo? And I said, like, no, one month ago. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> But it's also about that. I mean, it's, it's about the branding. It's about how you show yourself to the world. Mm -hmm. um, of course, well, that's like the branding part. But uh, everything was really focused on music as well. I mean, I, we did it with work a lot of music, like trying to find our own sound, try to in in latin america the music that they listen there the producers that are working there they have a well now it's getting more international but 10 years ago 15 years ago it was like a different world music world i mean mm -hmm. the music that you listen from a dutch dj was completely different than the music that you listened from a colombian dj or argentina i don't know why but the styles were were completely different so well, we were maybe. always like you know in, in another side Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's because right now everyone has social media, everyone lives on YouTube, Spotify. Yeah. So all the countries influence each other because it's easy to have access to those uh, to those countries' music, right? Yeah, that's right? a big reason. Yeah. Back then, like, how did you find out about a Dutch DJ? How? Nah, but there were, I mean, I'm not talking about 30 years, you know? No, <laughs> I'm okay, talking about like, 10 uh, years ago. If you, you already have YouTube, uh, when you already yeah. had... Uh, music from beatboard uh, you can you know download music from yeah. the world you know dj sets and stuff like that mm -hmm. but at the beginning it was really difficult for the djs to you know what we're gonna play the music that the best italian djs are playing or the best uk djs are playing i mean it was it was no no no, no i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna do what colombian crowd like you know and then uh. they play safe for many years and they're still doing it but you know less let's say the, yeah. the music is more international so our our goal was to start making music for the world i mean i said like we're not gonna sign a song to a colombian label we're gonna sign a song with freaking reveal we freaking spinning we're not gonna sign a song just to uh, let the music play by colombian djs and that's it i mean no offense but you know yeah. <laughs> i was really thinking about getting big yeah and uh So that's what that's the first thing. Sorry, this, the noise uh, is my no dog worries. over there. <laughs> It's just snoring <laughs> like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I have a French bulldog and <laughs> anyway. Um, so every song that we produced was thinking about the the DJ sets. Like, what was Don Diablo? Play? Well, not even Don Diablo in that time. You know, what's, what was Tiesto playing? Yeah. Harwell, Avicii, Swedish House Mafia. You know, I really want to make a song that the Steve Angelo can play live. You know, and I did it. I mean, the stay, yeah. Steve Langell played several of my tracks. So that was the main goal. And that's, I think, that was the key of the success for us in, uh, to, to grow that fast in, in the first two years. Yeah. Because we started like posting, like, for example, hey, uh, guys, we're so happy Tiesto is playing our song. And everyone in Argentina or Colombia was like, what the what fuck? The <laughs> oh, Tiesto is playing a song from a Colombian DJ. What the hell? You know, they were mm. so like, oh. We can't imagine that. And so, so how did you so how did you manage to get those guys playing your music? Did you email them, or how did that happen? Ah, man. As I said, we don't have management management companies there. So, yeah. every contact that we got, it was just us on Google. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yes, versus Google. Literally like that. And we, I'm really good at Google, man. I really know how to find people there and contacts and phones and emails and websites and stuff. And Instagram, Facebook, and I spam them everywhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's the only way you have. I mean, if you're growing and you have no contacts and nobody knows you, what else can you do? Yeah, Bro, it's just you. Just do the tools that you have. And your, your biggest tool is Google. Yeah. Everything is on Google. So if you want to find a, a promo DJ... A promo email, 
you will find it there, you know, and, and yeah. that's what I did. So we start like spreading our music a lot to all the those DJs and managers and booking agencies and promoters. And it was just him and me, just like that. <laughs> wow, it's great to hear, man. Yeah, it's, it was crazy. It's like a one-man band. And yeah. Then, <laughs> and a oh, two-man, <laughs> yeah, two-man band actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, nah, but it's, it's like that. It's the, it's the way that the Latin uh, American uh, DJs are, man. Hmm. That's the reality there. It's, it's not. I'm not gonna say that easy as here because the competition that you have in the Netherlands is crazy. Yeah, you know, you're competing against really big DJs. But at least the tools that you have here or in America or other countries are way better than in, in South America. So for us, it, it was. A big success, but it was a lot of work, man. Yeah. Would you would you say that having the Amsterdam dance event in your hometown or in, in your home country uh, is a big advantage? Wow, man. The first ADE, I moved actually three years ago, exactly, in October, three years ago. And uh, so after like two days of living here in the Netherlands, I went to ADE. Mm-hmm. And at the end of ADE, I said like, why don't we have that shit in South America, man? <laughs> I mean, I was I was really complaining, like, why this is so good? Everything at ADE is amazing. I mean, I went to to converse to talks and uh, seminaries and uh, workshops and uh, master classes and uh, man, it was amazing. I mean, everything I learned there, it really changed my life. It really changed the way I I I see the music world, you know. Because yeah. again, I come from countries that. Man, we don't have, we don't even have one talk from one guy, there, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I went to talks with I don't know Tiesto and Martin Garrix and uh, Oliver Heldens teaching how he bro. For me, it was like, oh my god, this is like really mine. This is crazy. This is crazy. And I start like calling all my friends in the Argentina. You have no idea what I just saw. I just went to a talk. <laughs> it's just like, hey, it's yeah, amazing, it's yeah. It's just you know it, it becomes so normal when you live yeah. here and when when, yes. when you have agencies like Anna Agency and like Revealed and Sorters Management just at like an hour away from your home, uh, but you, you you tend to forget how special it is. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then and I was uh, I was in a call with a friend uh, a couple of days ago, and I said like, uh, oh man, I'm sorry, but I'm next to the. I'm talking about uh, you know, bookings with a with a booking agent, uh, and he asked me like, "Hey, and who is it?" Oh, he's the booker of uh, Afrojack. And I said, like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Are you talking to the agent of Afrojack?" Said, yeah, that guy works uh, one meter away. Yeah. From- <laughs> like he's sitting literally next to me. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I remember like 10 years ago sending emails to info at anaagency.com. <laughs> hey, I'm a DJ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someday I'm going to talk to him. Hey, can you search for my email on your email? <laughs> Is it, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, my dream was to to meet that people, you know, to be seated with them and and have a talk and meet them in person. You know, oh, you're the manager of this guy or the booker of that guy. Yeah. And actually, that was uh, I, I used to go to Miami a lot for the Winter Music mm-hmm. Conference because that was the only time in the year that I had to be that I that it could be with them, you know, that yeah. I could meet people, I could meet managers and DJs and bookers and I don't know all the the labels and stuff like that. So that was for the Latin American people. I think that's the only chance that you can get to to get in touch to them, you know, mm-hmm. because the Netherlands is really far. Of yeah. course, it, I, th- I think it's better. To come to ADE, but you yeah, know, for me, different. it was the only chance, the only time of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's different. But you know, most of the people are in the, both places, I guess. Mm, true. Uh, but but yeah, somehow, it was you big. know, in Amsterdam, the the uh, the people from the music hey, industry. One second, I'm gonna take my dog out because. Oh still... yeah, sure. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, man. No but worries. he's more so loud. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> But you know, I think the the biggest difference between uh, Miami and Amsterdam is that in Miami, somehow most people, even the people from the music industry, uh, are in a different mindset. You know, it, it's it's uh, business, they go to party and but it's drunk. also yeah. partying as well. <laughs> and with Amsterdam, it's more like one hundred percent focus on business. At least that's how I uh, experienced yeah. it in the last couple of what the eight years. <laughs> no, but it's it's all about. Uh, no, but for example, in my case, I really love party, man. I really love to party and I really love to have some drinks with my friends and all that and go to parties and see DJs that I really like. And uh, But 
those times of the year for winter music conference, at least the first three years that I went there, I really went to to do that, to not mm -hmm. to party and all that. I went really to have meetings and uh, try to meet the DJs, especially. You know, I was like sending emails to Tiesto and all those guys, like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in Miami. Can we have a coffee? Can we have a drink?" Or like, I don't know, can you put me on the guest list? Or I'm yeah. gonna, you know, stuff like that. So you can start like a, some kind of relation with with uh, with those guys. So in my my experience, what I did was not to get drunk the whole day and the whole night. You know, I was that was not my plan, because for me it was a lot of money to invest yeah. in that trip. So my goal it was not to be wasted every every night, and it was to really make some contacts, and it really worked. You know, the, it amazing. really changed yeah. my, the, the, yeah, the way I started working ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So you know what? Let's just take a big step forward because then, did you decide to quit with the DJ duo? Uh, yeah, it was me, mm -hmm. but everything has started because my partner, he also had a, a different job there. He was not only a DJ. So okay. that was the big difference between us, mm -hmm. you know, so he could be living without having any gigs, you know, but in my case, I couldn't do that because my whole life I was working in music, you know, making music or even for me or for other DJs as a, as a producer, so when Argentina became with all those problems, also changed a lot of the the shows for the DJs, the amount of shows. Mm -hmm. So it was a big impact for me economic-wise. So I told him, of course, I took the decision, and then I told him, like, man, I really love you, but I cannot be living here anymore. I can't, I can't, I mean, I'm, yeah, I need to do something. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not working. And, and I understand that you don't feel that, and you don't accept my... But he, he, it's not that he didn't accept. He accepted because like, he understood my point. Mm -hmm. But he was like really disappointed, you know, like, yeah. and we're going to just throw what we did in six years. Yeah. And I was aware of that, of course. But my personal life was really, I was really struggling, you know, mm -hmm. like trying to pay my bills and then try to make a good living there. Not even like throwing dollars to the floor, to the roof. It was just, I, I just want to have fun and I just want to enjoy my life here, but I was not doing it anymore. Mm. So for me, it was like, I really need to change something in my life. And it's not, I don't want to go back to Colombia. I really want to expand my contacts and, and try something different and uh, live new experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it was me who took the decision to stop. Uh, but yeah sounds like a big decision man and a heavy decision oh man yeah you have no I idea imagine. i was i was months like thinking yeah. about it yeah maybe i should do it now i i don't need to do that maybe i can do it here it's like ending and a relationship was, it's the same exact thing man when i always say that the duo it was like i i have my wife now and well, in that time, she was my girlfriend. <laughs> but I, I always say in that time, like I have my girlfriend, and I have my wife, and my wife was my my partner, man. <laughs> and our kid is the duo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's not. It was not like you know. Every time we fight or we arguing because of something for any reason, you know, after a couple of days, you really need to talk because you have a, you have a show or you have a release or you have to go to the studio again or you have to do something. So. Yeah. It was like having a kid. It was not like, ah, you know what? It's, fuck you. I'm going to go in my way. No, man. It was no. not that easy. It's like a relationship. It's it's, yeah. it's really heavy. It's really intense. Yeah. And at the end, when we decide to, when, when I decide to move from Argentina, we actually keep working like for a month later, mm -hmm. like until uh, November or December or something like that. On a distance. Over yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I mean, I was sure that uh, that is is not gonna work like that. I mean, it's you know, if for example, he he used to play. I I think he did like a couple of shows as heel, but only him. And you know, Fines didn't like that. You know, yeah. and it was the same if I I would play as a duo and, and my partner was not there. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't even understand how how some dudes do that, man. <laughs> I don't really understand how they they can do it. They can make it work. But uh, yeah. So after a while, I said, like, you know what, Nico, Nico was is his name. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, man, but this is not going to Yeah. And we were deciding, like, what to do? Are you going to keep the brand or me? Are we going to split? Or, uh, yeah, you're going to keep the brand, but you're going to give me some uh, shares for me. But that was so complicated because yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I'm living in Europe. It's like a seven hours of difference, you know? 
and you have to take a plane and go to the other side of the world, you know. So I said, like, oh man, you know what? I think the the best decision will be just keep with your Nico career. Now we'll keep mine as Orti, and I don't know. Just let's stop the project right here. And, and you know, it was a really good journey. I, I owned the duo. I mean, being being now here in the Netherlands working with Revealed, it's it's all because of uh, the duo. It's yeah. basically everything is started yeah. from. Tell me more about that. Like, how did you end up working at Revealed? Um, well, I'm still making music as a producer, so mm-hmm. I'm still working on that. But I'm more like in urban beats and stuff, completely different. But uh, that was in, I think it was November, one year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, because it was after ADE. <laughs> I went to, yeah, that's, that's the funny thing about ADE. I was in ADE. Uh, in, and I was walking in the middle of a hotel or something, mm-hmm. and and there was Sebastian who's uh, you know the big boss of Rebuild right now, and uh, and he, he was saying, "Hey, Orsi, how you doing? Hey, Sebastian, how you doing? Blah blah blah." And uh, he said, "Like, hey, I'm gonna give a talk right now. You want to stay?" I said, "Like, yeah." I mean, that was not even my plan. I was actually crossing away. <laughs> the hotel to go to another conference or something and I was like yeah what the hell let's stay here and he started talking about I don't know ticket swapping and something like that it's something that I didn't even have any idea what was that but but after you know after the his talk we started talking hey how you doing and what are you doing here and I said like yeah no I'm leaving here oh nice blah, blah. and we had a talk like for five minutes mm-hmm. that's it oh it's a hey, okay good to see you bye bye okay bye that's it and then like a week later, he sent me an email. Hey, Orsi, it was really nice to see you, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know what? I'm looking for someone to check the demos of the platform. Uh, I really like the music that you that you used to produce. So you have a good taste of music. So maybe you can help us selecting like the best demos that we receive. And I said like, yeah, why not? I mean, for me, it was so crazy. You know, I was like, oh, shit. I mean, Sebastian, you sent me an email asking for that. That was amazing. Uh, I said like, yeah, why not? So I start as a demo reviewer, I think is the the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was working for uh, on that like for several months, I think until January or February or something. Yeah, like February. And then I start like, like, yeah, living here in Amsterdam is really expensive. Mm-hmm. So for me and my wife, I, I think in that time she was jobless. So I really need to make money here, man, because you need to pay your bills. So I sent him an email like, hey, Seb, you know what? Uh, I'm looking for a job. Uh, I don't know if you can, if you have any, uh, you know, vacancy there about A&R. I can do A&R. I can work with DJs. You know, I've been working in this music industry for 15 years. So I have a lot of experience. That's the only thing I know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, basically. You That's know, what I do. DJ, yeah, this is all I do, you know. Uh, and he said like, yeah, I'm not sure, but let me, let me think about, maybe I can get something for you. And I said like, okay. And I also remember I sent several emails to different companies and DJs and the people that I knew because you know, yeah. I was a DJ my Putting in your network. Yeah, exactly. I said like, shit, something has to, you know, <laughs> now you, I'm going to use all my contacts and something has to happen. Yeah. And then Seb sent me an email, uh, like a week later, like, or you know what? Um, I have made. I might have something for you because we are growing a lot. The the reveal community, which is the sub label under the the main reveal reveal label. Mm-hmm. So he said, like the reveal community is growing really fast, and we're releasing amazing music now. And we have a lot of new artists that need like more attention, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, we feel like overwhelmed right now. So we really need to to you know to keep growing the team. So it will be really nice if you can maybe work on the community. And I said, like, yeah, why not? I would love to. <laughs> and he said, yeah. But he said, like, but there's one thing, and we're not sure if you can handle it, Ed, and is that you have to come to the office every day. And, <laughs> and I was like, okay, because the demo thing, I was doing it here in my studio, you know? I didn't yeah. have to go to any place. Freelance. I, yeah, and in, in, you know, in all these years, I never worked in an office. Never, ever. And he said, like, so you have to come to the office every day as a you know regular job from 10 in the morning until 6 in the afternoon. But there's something else. 
that uh, we have different uh, companies here, you know, an agency, sort management, and, and Nextly, uh, Reveal, and, and another, like, two companies. And you're going to be the only one who's not Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> he said, like, I'm not really sure if you can handle it because it's not going to be easy for you. I mean, we all talk, <laughs> we all speak in Dutch, like, nonstop. Yeah. I mean, we all speak uh, English as well. We all know English, but we don't use it because we're all Dutch yeah, here. You, know? you don't have to. Yeah, and I said, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, okay, let's do something. Let's try. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not sure if I can. Because you have to be really strong, you know. It's, it's yeah. not easy. That's the only way to find out, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's impossible yeah, exactly. to assume how you're gonna, how you're going to like it or not. Yeah, and actually, I remember he told me, like, Uh, his girlfriend was working in that office. I'm not sure for who. I think it was sort of management or, I don't know, some of the other companies. She's, she's And, American, right? Yeah, she's from America. Yeah. So she doesn't speak Dutch. And she couldn't handle it. I mean, she, he told me, like, no, man, my girlfriend, she was getting crazy here after a while because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. If you move to another country and you don't speak the language, Stop. wow, man, you really need to be tough. Mm. Otherwise, you cannot just, yeah, I'm, you know, when I'm going to quit. So I said, okay, let's try, man. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how I'm going to feel, how I'm going to feel in an office, you know, working like in work uh, hours. I don't know how that feels. So I said, okay, let's do it. And I started working at the beginning. It was only like uh, two days mm -hmm. during the week. And uh, I started feeling good. I love my team. We have an amazing team at Reveal. And also the people from the NAGNC and SORT, they were all so cool to me. And I said, like, you know, I'm really like this. <laughs> and then, and uh, that was like one month, I think. The, the, the trial was like one month. And after the month, the month he said, like, Orchi, you know what? We really like you. I That's mean, you're, you're, doing a, yeah, you're doing a great job. And uh, you're, you're completely integrated into the team. You know, yeah. we all feel super comfortable for you. Uh, with you so if you want to continue so like yeah let's do it right. <laughs> hell yeah and that's so, how everything started and i started working with them like a yeah like a full-time job since uh, february i think okay. yeah for and what is it that you do because your your title is community community manager right uh, yeah exactly yeah. And, and what does that mean yeah of i'm like label manager of the community uh, reveal Mm. The reveal community. Sorry. <laughs> oh, so the, the the community releases. Yeah. So why I why I do a lot of stuff actually, and I'm also involved into the main label and Jamstone, which is our other label. Uh, yeah, a couple of stuff about Harwell as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I basically do is, uh, first of all, I'm in charge of all the demos for the new artists. Mm -hmm. So I'm the one who's checking all the demos that we receive off the platform, which are a lot <laughs> every day. <laughs> That's a tough job, yeah. man. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. But it's, it's super fun. You know, it's, uh, it's really cool to see, you know, people from India, from Peru, from uh, Indonesia, you know, making amazing records, like really good ones, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool because in all these months, you see how those artists are growing and they are improving their skills. So it's, it's I don't know, I really like them, man. Hmm. Uh, so that's one of the things that I'm doing. So I choose like the best tracks that, that I feel that will fit for the label, mm -hmm. for the community. But some, and that's also something really cool, that some of those tracks are so good that we actually like upgrade them to the main label, you know, or sometimes to, to, to Jameson, man. We yeah. have a lot of uh, examples. So what I do is to choose the best tracks, and then I have a, a meeting, or sometimes I'm at the meeting, or sometimes I'm not, but with the A&R team, mm -hmm. which are Ivo and Martin. So mm -hmm. we see it, and we check all the, the best demos of those, like, over, I don't know, you know how many, man, 2,000, 3,000 that we receive a month. So oh, yeah, it's crazy. So, so, so how, do you, how do you pick the right songs? Like, what are things that you, uh, that you are on the lookout for? Um, I think... It's a difficult question. I don't know. It's all about, Is it a feeling? You know, is it something you... Yeah, music, music is difficult to explain, you know, because what mm. could be really good for you, maybe I can hate it, you know? Mm. So... Yeah, it's subjective. Think, yeah, exactly. Totally. I think, first of all, they like the way I... The tracks that I like are the ones that the, the rest of the team like. That's, that's like the most important because I'm, I'm sync with them, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and apart from that, what I always check is how original is, is the track. And this is actually really special for the main for the new producers, because we don't like when when we listen to a song and yeah, it's just a cheap copy of another track, yeah, you exactly. know, or another main release of us or another copy of a Tiesto song or Martin Garrix. You know, mm. we we don't like that because we really want to find people. We want to to find the new hardware. You know, we want always to to support those DJs, but. Just it's all about the music. It's all about how original they are. Is how special those tracks are. Of course, the quality of the song itself, like mixing and mastering, this. But sometimes the track is not that is the mastering is not that good. So we take care about that. You know. Mm. So we say like, you know what, your track is amazing, but the mastering is not that good. But the idea is dope. So don't worry. We're gonna hire uh, uh, an engineer and we're gonna make a really good master for you. Okay. And that's what we do. You know. But, but how how I choose the tracks, man, I don't know. I mean, they really need to connect with me. I really need to feel yeah. it. If it's for the, I don't know, for like a Spotify friendly. And I mean, like it's something really danceable, like, but commercial, it could fit for, for Gemstone, you know, the vocals yeah. have to be beautiful. The If you can uh, add some uh, real instruments, that would be amazing. I mean, it has to be really original. Uh, if it's for reveal, then it has to be like really... Yeah, that makes you dance. It has to be something special. Uh, yeah, it's difficult minded. to explain, man. I yeah. don't know. Well, I can I can imagine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about, like you say, it's, it's, all about it's intuitive. Taste. You just have to feel. Yeah, and, and it's funny because sometimes I, I'm in the A&R meeting and we are three people there. And uh, sometimes I say like, hey, guys, I really love this song. And then Evo said like, oh, man, I hate that one. And, you know, and then it's Martin who's going to decide, yeah. <laughs> you know. If he loves it, okay, we're gonna sign it. If you yeah. know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Next. So is that you know, how it works? You, uh, you all three have to um, like agree on the track. Uh, I think it's easier when we, when when the three of us are in the same table because you know <laughs> there's not gonna be like one of of us who's gonna agree with someone else. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, but sometimes uh, if. If the other person is is not really feeling the track, then we decide. Ah, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry, but just let's find a new one. You know, yeah. let's find a different one. So it's just like sometimes we 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 say like, ah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, man. Just <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we exactly. don't when none of us feel it. So yeah. yeah. So with your knowledge of the music industry, all the experience that you have as an artist uh, and as someone who's working in the music industry. Yeah. How would you say is the best way to get signed to a label right now? Fuck, man. It's so... I think um, some of the producers, and actually I will say like most of them, only focus on the music. Mm -hmm. And it's not like that anymore. I mean, it has never been like that, you know? You really need to, to offer something to the to the fans, something to the market, you know, it's not only about, yeah, I'm a great producer. Oh man, congratulations. There are another two millions great producers. <laughs> yeah. So what's this? Why should we sign you? You know, could you give an example? Is it, is no, it? For, no, I have, for example, there are some uh, producers that we, uh, uh, at the community label that, um, they're really good. But if you go to their socials and, and, what I'm going to say, I'm, well, first of all, and that's something that I never expect. Honestly, I never expect that. I always thought that the labels, the big labels, they only sign records by DJs who have a lot of fans or the, a lot mm. of followers. I always thought that. Yeah. Until I get in revealed. And and I remember one of my first sessions with them. You know, I, I heard a track and it was it was a good track. It was not amazing, but it was a good track. And I said, like, hey, who's that guy? And then I went to Instagram, and he had, like, 100,000 followers. They're like, oh, shit. You know, he has 100,000. This is a good number. Yeah, it's a lot. And I told the guys, like, hey, guys, I mean, we should sign this song. You know, the artist is, you know, he has a lot of engagement with his fans. And they both look at me and say, like, no, man, we're, I mean, the track is not that good. Yeah. And I said, like, yeah, but, it, I mean, he has a lot of followers. It's good for the label. I said, no, man, I'm sorry, but this, we don't mm -hmm. sign records 
following the the the, the followers that they have. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> okay. I felt I felt so bad. <laughs> you know, first meeting, fuck. Yeah, exactly, it was one of the first meetings. Yeah. But it was so special because then I realized how 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 special is revealed, you know, because. Maybe some labels, they do that because I know they do that. I, I also heard some comments about other labels talking about that. Like, yeah, we only signed uh, like, a, yeah, he's a good track, but nobody knows this guy. He's, that one is not that good, but the guy has more followers. So he's yeah. going to sell more. So that's better for us. Mm -hmm. yeah, and at Reveal, we don't think like that, of course. And that's the other part of what I was going to say. And is that if you're an amazing producer, but you also have a good brand behind you, you have a good fan base, that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's the best option, you know? Mm. If, if, and it, it makes sense. If, I mean, you can, ha you can be a really bad producer with a lot of fans, but at the end, your music is not that good. So yeah. it's really difficult to sell your music if it's bad, you know? Yeah. Music but also, should always be the foundation of everything. Yeah, but also... It's difficult to find. It's, it's something like I don't know what what is the right answer, man. Because it's also difficult to sell your music if nobody knows you. Yeah. You know? And it's the right balance. Yeah, and what is more important is I can understand that if it's a guy who's making a I don't know the first he if if only has two releases, okay, nobody knows that guy. But but that's what I go, I was going to say. We have some artists. Uh, we are, I have seen many artists, not only from from Reveal, from other labels that they have released 30 really good records and if you go to their Instagram, there are only three pictures. Yeah, it's like The that. three pictures on their profile are three artworks, you yeah. know? And that's it, and they have two followers. Yeah. So it's not about signing a, an artist that has one million followers, but it's also like, okay, who are your fan base, you know? Mm. What are your fans? What are, what are you doing for them? Yeah. And that's, I think, is a big key nowadays. You really need to focus on the brand. You really need to focus on growing your fan base. Yeah. At the end, and I also, I also know some artists, they, they don't even have records with big labels. They are a group producer, but they have a lot of fans, and, uh, and people love them. Yeah. And they, they never sign with Tiesto or with Musical Freedom or Spinning or Reveal. They, I don't know. Yeah. People love us. But, uh, but that's it, you know? And that's, that's what really matters. And it's, it's not only about the, the record labels, it's also about the bookings. For example, if you want to get booked, if, if a booker agency will, will try to book you or will like to work with you, the first thing that they're going to look into your profile is, okay, how many fans do you have? Yeah. I mean, how many people will pay a ticket to see you? Yeah. How much engagement do you have? Like, how many people can you move? How many people can you move from their yeah, exactly. seat at home to the club? Um, yeah, I mean, because the artist, <laughs> I mean, our goal is to sell tickets. Yep. That's it. That's the end of the chain. Uh, yeah, of, that's the expression. Yeah. yeah but you you know, first, it doesn't sound romantic. And I think that's the thing that a lot of people are struggling with. Like, that's uh, not what we want to believe. We want to believe that music is the only thing uh, oh, because it's romantic. <laughs> But it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a business. It. Music it's industry. Business. You know, it's an industry. It's an industry, man. And, and I mean, if you want to tour the world, then you have to have uh, fans in Asia and South America in America. And it's just like that. And those, and you're going to be there because a promoter will pay you to have that show. Yeah. And that promoter has to get the money back. And yeah. the only way to get you there is that you have to sell tickets. Yeah, it's all about that, you know. Of course, you really want have to love what you do. If you're making music, if you're a producer, if you're a singer, you really have to love what you're doing. But it's not only about love. It's not only about loving what you are doing. Is you yeah. have to build a brand. Well, unless unless that you don't want to get famous. It's exactly. like, you know, it, that's not your goal. I just want to make music and that's it. I don't, yeah. I don't care if people like my music or not. I just want to make music and that's it. Yeah. And that's, I, mean, I respect that as well. But, you know, most, I mean, 99% of the artists don't think like that. <laughs> just a few of them. No, but that's, that's a really important thing uh, you just mentioned. Like, I keep saying it as well. Like, if, if you're an artist who don't, who doesn't asp aspire to travel the world or to make his main job from music, 
then all the things we just went over is completely bullshit because it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter to you. Yeah, of course. But as soon as you say, I want to start making money with this or I want to make a living from this, yeah. things change. <laughs> like you have, to, yeah, you have to do things differently than you might have thought you would. Yeah. Um, and branding it's is, is one of those big things. And so, you know, I have talked with, for example, this ADE, which is, it was really difficult, uh, different for me <laughs> because mm -hmm. I told you that day that we met, yeah. that is a, it was the first ADE that I was, uh, I was, I was at the ADE as part of a label, not as another artist. And, <laughs> you know, my yeah. other ADEs were completely different. And, and, and I had meetings with the artists and, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, let's say closest, closer artists mm -hmm. they, we were having you know long talks and they were like oh man i would love to to play in miami because you know i don't know whatever in visa and i said like great i mean but how many followers do you have i mean how many people follow your music yeah man not many and i said like okay let's take a look of your social what are you posting how are you growing that fan base yeah and i went to the to the facebook or or instagram and yeah three pictures and three hours i said man this <laughs> How do you expect to play in Ibiza if no no one knows about you? If no one cares about you mm. because you're making great music, but it's not about making great music anymore. You really need to grow your profile. You need, you need to grow your families. And the only way to do that is, okay, the same amount of time that you spend in the studio making music, spend the same amount of time working on your brand, you know, yeah. getting a nice logo, trying to save some money for good pictures, um, trying to get support from DJs, trying to offer something to the new fans and start growing, man, because it's, I mean, the, the owner of Pacha is not going to call you because you're a good producer. It doesn't work like that, man. <laughs> no, unfortunately no. not, yeah. Unfortunately and, not, yeah. It would be amazing if it Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's so amazing for me to see, and you might have the same thing because you've been in the industry for such a long time as well. Yeah. that right now there's so much opportunity as well like yes it's harder maybe I, I don't really believe it's harder because the competition kind of has always been the same it's just that now yeah. it's been made visible now it's mm. now you can actually see how many competition there is while 20 years ago you didn't have any id um, mm. but right now there's so much more opportunity like you can literally start making a vlog tomorrow which becomes yeah. big, and because that vlog be is 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 big, your music becomes big as well. Yeah, 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 of course. It's it's just a lot of different opportunities, and that's that's what I always tell artists as well. Like, yes, you can make music, and yes, that will help you to build brand. But there's a lot of other things you can do to build brand. Yeah. Some people, uh, I don't know. Some people just uh, start complaining about everything. That's if you want to complain. If you want to find something to complain about, you will definitely find it, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. So, for example, I remember, you know, sometimes I go to Colombia and give some talks about the music industry and on my experience and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, and the the DJs there, they asked me like Orsi, for example, when I was I don't know playing uh, after Tomorrowland. It's again like Orsi, but how do you get that? I mean. It's because you're living because when when I play in our in Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland, I was living in Argentina. They said like, yeah, maybe you're doing that. You you achieve to play there because you're living in Argentina. It's a better country than Colombia, blah blah blah. And they said like, no man, it's not like that. I mean, if you in Argentina, we don't have tools either. You know, we don't have that. I mean, my my neighbor is is not Tiesto, man. Maybe now in the Netherlands it is, but you know, but in that time it was not. So if you want to complain about something, you will definitely find like uh, reasons to complain. Yeah. So, for example, some DJs nowadays, they say like, yeah, but it's so difficult because, you know, promoters are uh, hiring like uh, the DJs that have more followers. Yeah, it's true. But many of them are not really interested in that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because they, oh, oh, let's uh, let's hire this DJ that he's an Instagrammer and he has like, a, I don't know, two million followers and let's hire him. Yeah, maybe, but you know, but most of the prom promoters are not really interested in, in in Instagram. Just they just really want good music, you know, and the clubs. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, for example, years ago, yeah, because uh, uh, it's really difficult to sell the music worldwide. And now the music is worldwide, yeah, because but yeah. now it's different. It's really difficult because now everyone is selling worldwide. Ah, yeah, man. So what do you want? <laughs> you know, yeah. you will also find you will always find something to complain about. You know what so the I'm, big difference is? What I keep seeing, like. All the people that have achieved something in life have spent enormous amounts of time and effort into it to, to get there, you know. And even it could be like emailing bookers and promoters and labels for 10 hours a day or it could be sitting in the studio for 20 hours a day. It doesn't matter what it is, but they've spent so much time to yeah. get where they are today. And that's the thing that people want to forget because they don't want to spend that time they want to have that quick fix yeah. to get there tomorrow and not within five years from now and i think yeah i completely agree but there's something else that also you find djs like i don't know for example martin garrix mm -hmm. you know he became so big in you know in a short period of time and yeah. that's true i mean yeah he was a dj when he was 10 years old or whatever but you know he became really big in a very short time. So, and that was something that I, that, that me and my partner and, and I think the rest of the world, we were like, fuck, why I'm taking so long if this guy made this in just two years, you know? Yeah. What I'm doing wrong, why is not happening to me? You know, And that's like the biggest, I don't know, one of the biggest problems that you, yeah, frustrations. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because I said, like, why I I don't have that luck? Why I'm not Dutch? Why I didn't was I wasn't raised in the Netherlands? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And but you know, Martin Garrix is just wanting a not even in a million, man, no. <laughs> more than a million. You know. And then even so, even if he was, you know, like, do you know how hard that guy works? Oh yeah, holy shit. Like, like someone I really respect in this industry and is Martin Garrix, man. Yeah, like of course, guy, maybe maybe his track Animals came on the right time, on the right moment. Like that, yeah. that's, that might be called luck, you know, might happen. Yeah. But at the same time, after that, like having that hit... Yeah, even to if, sustain his level, Even man. if you call it luck, you know, like even if he's yeah. lucky to get it, which I don't believe, yeah. then you have to sustain. And what he managed to do is not stay there, but even become bigger in the next couple of years. Yes. And that's not luck, my friend. That's just hard work and knowing what you're doing, having the right team. I think we all get some chances during our life to, to do something. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take those chances and make the most out of them and, and, and keep growing from there, you know, sometimes in life you get some push, you know? Like, yeah. a, I don't know, you got a lucky because uh, you got assigned by, by reveal. Okay, but then what? Then I mean, what? You, yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna change your life, man, to be signed just once. Yeah. You know? Now you have to make a better track than that one and try to release two times with revealed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then three and then four, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes people say, like, ah, I have one track with revealed. Great. And what happened with the other one hundred that you sent? You know? Yeah. Now exactly. I got rejected. Okay. <laughs> I always see it like a, like a stairs, you know, like the stairway to success. Like having a release on Reveal, for instance, might get you up an extra level. Yeah, but you still sure. need to take 10, 20, 30 extra oh, levels to get yeah, there. Yeah, 100 or even more. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that. And it, you have to also like grow your, your, your brand. It's not like, yeah, I just got one. Okay, great. But now you have, you have gone... Uh, you had got like more followers because of the revealed brand, mm -hmm. you know. And now what? I mean, you really need to make a better track or start like uh, changing your style and trying to find something new to get the second release and then the third one and then the fourth one. Yeah, you know. And then you're gonna start like seeing the change because some people think that yeah, I'm not. If I get signed by reveal just one record, that's gonna change my life. No man, it's not gonna be like that. Yeah, it's gonna you know? help. It's gonna help yeah, getting it's you gonna bigger. Definitely help. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you're not gonna get booked because of one track unless you make animals. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but how many animals have have you you know listened yeah. in the last ten years? Just one man. Exactly. You know. Well, yeah, maybe two levels was there as well. You know, those two tracks are kind of well. At least yeah, that's but, the way how I see. For example, Sig Bromans. You know, that was yeah. a major track before levels. You exactly. know, but it's a really, yeah. really small percentage. Like even if it's called a percentage, you know, it's just so yeah, <laughs> small opportunity. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet like on that. that. Let's just say I wouldn't bet on that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was uh, not being on. No, I, I actually have a couple records of Avicii mm -hmm. the long time ago, man. And uh, before Levels. And yeah, I used to play them. And then when I heard Levels and it was, oh, that's Avicii. Oh, shit. I have music by him. And they were yeah. so different, you know. Yeah, but I mean, ah, whatever. It's a different. <laughs> it's a you know, different you know what's sick? Like, um, I have a couple of songs in my life of which I remember when I heard it for the first time, and Levels was one of those. And I, <laughs> I still, I still remember the moment. I was, I was in my apartment where I, my first apartment where I lived, yeah, uh, with my tour manager, uh, and we went, we we were preparing to get out to to go out for an evening. And mm -hmm. somehow, I don't know where the track came from, but somehow that track was on the radio or something. I don't know. And we heard it and we were like, we were going crazy in the room. It's like, what the fuck is this? This is so cool. And then yeah. we found out like, holy shit, this is the new Avicii. And uh, well, I was instantly in love with that track. It's just crazy how you still remember those things, right? So, so much yeah. impact. Now, the first time I heard Levels, it was a different story, but I was... Uh well, yeah, that was the first Tomorrowland I played, actually. It was the mm. same year. And I was at the main stage, and I never heard that song before. I don't know why. Don't ask me why, but I <laughs> never Living heard that song rock. before. <laughs> oh, no, but I'm not talking about labels. I'm sorry. I'm talking about uh, Wake Me Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was at the main stage, uh, you know, uh, not, not playing, I wish. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was just in the middle of the crowd. And, and I think it was him who played this song. Mm. And everyone was start to to sing like like screaming that song and saying like what the hell is that? But this is so good. I really like it. It's so different. I don't know. It's I don't know that country thing is yeah. I really like that. I don't know how or why, but I really like it. And then I went to Ibiza that summer, and he played at Ushuaia. He played again, and man, the whole club was screaming. So like shit, this song is so good, <laughs> and I, I remember I called my wife and I said like, you know what? I heard a song. Have you heard a, a Vici uh, wake me up? And she's like, no, never heard that before. Okay, that's gonna be a big song. <laughs> play it for you. Yeah. And yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was really special, you know. Yeah. Well, it seemed like it seemed like you and three billion other people liked it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, Oh man! Well, Otzi, I want to thank you, man, for uh, for having this uh, nice conversation with me. I really enjoyed talking to you and finding out Thanks. more about you and your life. Yeah, man. Anytime you want to talk for an hour and a half, just call me. <laughs> <I'll be there. laughs> I, I love talking to people, man. I, I love finding out more about uh, a person's life. You know, this yeah. everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own uh, history, and uh, I think that's interesting. Yeah, it really is, man. No, man, if you want to know more about me, you can call me every day. I'm going to have tons of <laughs> stories about me. I can imagine. Uh, it's been a crazy journey, but uh, I'm so happy right now, man. I'm, I don't regret about anything, even if it's some decisions like to stop with the do. It was really tough for me. Mm -hmm. But, oh, man, I'm, I don't know. I'm so happy right now. Yeah. And, uh, you it's know, before the, we, yeah, before you start uh, recording, I told you, I'm, now I'm, I'm having some really serious problems. I'm not gonna talk about that. No, no, no. But I, but if you see me, I'm smiling. You know, and everyone could see like, hey, this guy is the happiest guy in the world. And yeah. no, it's not. I mean, I I am, but I have problems like anyone else. You know, it's just about the the way that you see life, the way that you react to your problems. And yeah, I don't know. I've been I've been through so many experiences, and I just enjoy life. And there's no way I can complain or I can regret now, man. Keep I'm the happiest life, guy in the world. Exactly. That, that's the exactly. most important thing. Enjoy <laughs> life. In this, the, like the smaller things in life are the best most of the time. And don't worry about money, man. Money will come later. You know, I'm looking for a house right now. I have to move the whole studio, and I really hate thinking about that. But what the hell? I'm gonna find a new, a new and better studio. That's you know, that's the way you have to think always. Yeah. You know? Not not like I'm gonna lose my studio. No, man. I'm gonna find a new one, and it's gonna be better. That's the way you have to think about it. <laughs> and you know what's you fun? Know? Like, I started noticing, like, when people start doing something that they love, nine out of ten times, money will follow automatically. I'm completely agree, man. 
Like I, I'm, I'm not sure how to explain it or how it happens. But if someone does the thing that he loves to do, yeah. uh, somehow those people start to earn money. Like it comes from somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know that I really, I really believe in energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know. Maybe you do the the secret. You know the the book called the secret. But I actually uh, never read the book because I I hate reading. <laughs> but I saw I saw the. Like, a, yeah, the video book, let's mm-hmm. say. And, oh, man, that really changed my life. And it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, you really need to enjoy what you're doing. And somehow the, wor- the world, the, the God, I don't know, whatever you <laughs> think about, yeah. something out there will yeah. make you, it will, will make you, I don't know, it will make you rich. It will make you, not only rich about money, happy. it will make you rich like like uh, surrounded by nice people, you know. It will it will make you feel happy. And uh, and that happy will be, will bring you money later. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, man, just do whatever you want, what, whatever you really love to. And don't worry about money, man. Money will come later. Yeah. That's for sure. Beautiful way to end, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Bye bye. I, I think I think this is the I think this is the best way to end I've ever had in any podcast ever. So thanks again for doing this, man. I really uh, enjoyed this conversation today. Yeah, love what you're doing, man. Respect. I really respect you. Thanks, man. Keep it doing because uh, what you're doing is really special. And I actually would love to have uh, more talks, not only recorded, but, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's stay in touch. Like, you can call me anytime yeah. to talk about energy or talk about, like, happiness and deep talk. I'm, I'm, I'm all into deep talk. <laughs> yeah, thank you a lot. Joey, cool, have a nice evening, man. Have a great evening, man. <laughs>